1: Hey everyone, welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, April 7th, and today it is our 4x5 ep- episode Four writers from NBC Sports Edge for 5 minutes each. We'll be talking about some rising rookies, including the suddenly very intriguing Malachi Flynn, plus much more fantasy trends that may be affecting your squads as we get closer to the fantasy playoffs. All of that coming up in just a second.
0: First,
1: right now, we have Raphael Johnson, the author of the Rookie Report. Raph, we didn't want to waste any time getting right to it because we have had a very serious Malachi Flynn sighting. 16 points in back-to-back games on Monday. He went for 16 points, six boards, four dimes, four steals, three blocks, and two threes. I have a complaint I'm going to make in a second, but first I want to hear your thoughts on this sudden breakout from Malachi Flynn.
3: Yeah, I think a big part of it, the injuries for Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet, um, them both being sidelined has opened up additional minutes for him. He he hasn't started either game, but he still played 34 minutes Monday night, and he's obviously going to play plenty. I think even if, you know, you say you get Fred VanVleet back in the near future, they can use him alongside Flint, as they've done with Lowry and VanVleet uh, these last few years. And get kind of get a glimpse of what they could potentially be in the future. Um, the only wild card I think would be in this is that Toronto's only a game out of that 10th spot in the East when you have that play-in tournament. So they aren't in full-on tank mode, but I, I can see Malachi Flynn having some good short-term value here.
1: Yeah, if nothing else, he's really nice insurance for anyone rostering Kyle Lowry or Van Vleet right now. And I have two reactions. I want to react. To, well, I want to say two things. Number one, I think we should all just our ears should perk up when the Raptors draft a point guard or add a point guard to the roster because the Nick Nurse regime seems to be very point guard friendly. Number two, you mentioned he hasn't started either game. I don't know about you, but that blurb right before tip-off on Monday that Malachi Flynn won't start after all convinced me to bench him in at least one league. I'm, I'm guessing it got a lot of people second-guessing using Flynn and DFS. And of course, he didn't start. It didn't matter. He totally went off. But I, I'm guessing that blurb, faked out a lot of people who, who kind of got cold feet about Flynn.
3: Yeah, that's unfortunate? That? <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But, you know, like I said, they're, they're at a point where he's going to play plenty. Um, they obviously started DeAndre Bembry on Monday night, but Flynn's going to get a lot of playing time um, while Lowry and Van Vliet are out because they're going to have a need for a point guard at some point.
1: I could use all of our five minutes talking about Malachi Flynn, but we did have two other names we wanted to talk about. So, Tyrese Halliburton, and speaking of steals and blocks, he had two of each on Monday. His last 10 games, he's sitting around 15 points, five dimes, a steal, half a block, two threes per game. What have you noticed from Halliburton lately, Raph? Is it just more of the same of this guy just being ridiculously solid but not much more?
3: Yeah, he's not a spectacular rookie by any stretch of the imagination, but he's been very good, and he's been very consistent for the most part. He had that one lull in, in the immediate aftermath of his return from injury. But that's to be expected. That was mainly Rust more than anything. Pretty sure he's still a top 100 player for them in fantasy this season. So I th- I'm interested to see what happens with him next year and beyond. But this year, I think he's a very solid choice for regardless of league format.
1: Yeah, I'm really curious to see whether Halliburton has more ceiling than what he's shown this yeah. year. Or is he just going to be that guy who came into the NBA as like, you know, as this and just stays this for like ten years, or whether he's gonna, ever going to have that kind of explosive twenty point per game season, I'm very curious to see.
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be tough just because you got De'Aaron Fox, you got Buddy Heal. Those guys both need their shots, so it may be a little bit difficult for him to do that right now. But maybe in time, you, you move. Maybe maybe Heal gets moved at some point, or he goes somewhere else. You know, that may open things up a bit more for Halliburton.
1: You and I were messaging offline before we did this, and the question was kind of raised, what's too much Alexei (laughs) Pokashevsky? At what point is it too much? I've decided I don't think I can talk enough about Alexei Pokashevsky. His last four active games, because he missed one due to protocols, he's around 17 points, four boards, two and a half dimes, a block per game, nearly three three three-pointers, shooting it at around 41%. Never mind that the Thunder lost those games by 21, 37, 48 and 24 points. He is in there until the bitter end yeah. jacking up shots, putting up stats. Uh, we talked about him not too long ago you were pretty high on him and it, it feels like it's starting to come to fruition. What are your latest thoughts?
3: Who else are they gonna play? Like seriously they, so, there are so many injuries and also in terms of Al Horford guys at the Thunder decided they're not going to play anymore this season. You know, unless Pokashevsky gets hurt or has another situation with health and safety protocols, he seems to be safe for at least 30, 35 minutes a game. And if you're not on the fantasy bandwagon right now, at least for, for the remainder of this season, you need to be on that because when you have a sure thing in terms of playing time and scoring opportunities, you really need to take advantage of that with the fantasy playoffs coming up here.
1: And I'm, we were talking about Halliburton, what's Halliburton's long-term ceiling. I have suddenly become extremely intrigued by the kind of fantasy yeah. star that Pokashevsky could become because we're already seeing him do this at 19 years old.
3: Exactly. And his, his body is only going to mature. Like He's basically rail thin at this point. You know, Not to say he's going to turn into like Mr. Olympia or anything, but as his body <laughs> matures, maybe you're better, better equipped to deal with the physicality of the NBA than he currently is.
1: All right, well, a lot, of rook, a lot of intriguing rookies right now and much more still have a feeling that some of these guys and some other guys we haven't even mentioned yet are going to emerge on our radar. So look forward to checking in with you again next week. Raph, thanks for taking the time. All right, thank you. All right, they keep showing up at the same time. So they are once again here for a bloated 10-minute segment. Ryan Knaus and Steve Alexander are here. Steve, you raised a philosophical question. I think we have to address here right off the top before we started. You said, "Is this against the spirit of the four by five episode to combine?" But all I've ever said is four NBC Sports Edge writers for five minutes each. And I think the "each" is where the language gets tricky, right? Because do you guys are you guys each getting five minutes here? Have I wasted too much thought on this already?
4: First of all, I didn't realize you were a lawyer, and second of all, you know that my stress level is a lot lower. When I've got a little more than five minutes, so I don't know—is it against the? I, I don't know, Ryan. I, well, can I'll you,
1: have the I'll have the lawyers look at. I'll have the lawyers
4: look at it. But for now, we're going to do it today. How's that? Well, I know you and Raf already talked about our guy uh, Malachi Errol Flynn. <laughs> yes, but do. how about how about that? I mean, we talked about him a lot on our last podcast, and then yesterday, before that game, I actually did a videotape Yahoo thing about Malachi. And about how he was gonna keep going off. And then he absolutely went off. And I know I did not write that blurb that scared people away, but it scared me away also because I, I it didn't scare me. I, I had him all locked up for DFS. And then I was like, no, I'm just gonna go with Luca and then find another cheap scrub. Well, had I kept Malachi and not gone with Luca, they did the same thing for like eight thousand dollars
1: difference. Was Malachi Flynn Flynn like 3,000 something on FanDuel? He was Uh,
4: 3,500.
1: I got to tell you, I blame myself more than anything for panicking and benching him. I I wasn't playing in any DFS contests on Monday night, but I absolutely would have had him in my lineup and gone away from him when I saw that blurb. And I did bench him in one of my fantasy leagues last minute after I read that and it was agonizing.
4: And the other thing that you and Roth talked about that I liked was the Thunder and Poku. And I remember when you and I had that podcast and I said, pick a Thunder, any Thunder. And we're, that's sort of where we are. Like that's sort of like he said, who else are they going to play besides the guys they're playing? So go ahead, pick a Thunder, any, any Thunder. You can't really go wrong. I'm streaming Ty Ty Jerome in some
5: leagues and he seems almost like a rest of season guy at this point, given that roster, um, I'm still on, on board with Theo Maladon. I don't know. Are, are you guys buying in? He's pretty inconsistent. The percentages really hurt, but he popped off for 30 plus points the other night. He'll give you some assists. He's got some, some high steals games. So I like that, that potential, uh, and he's going to get minutes. So are, are you guys buying the, the Jerome Maladon backcourt there?
4: Well, if you're rolling with Poku, you might as well roll with, tail maladon also because they shoot about the same percentage and it's there's so much upside there it's just sick Like cool. it's ridiculous so i'm in
1: yeah i i like maladon I've, I've liked him all along i i'm a little bit alarmed by his combo of not a lot of steals missing a lot of shots and turning it over i'd like to see one of those correct itself maybe mm-hmm. some more steals would be nice but yeah, I mean, he did have that 33-point game as you said, 14 points, 6 rebounds on Monday. And I mean, yeah, he's going to play a ton it seems like. Well, enough to to make an impact. Yeah.
5: Hey, speak, speaking of young guards with percentage problems and so forth, what about Cole Anthony, who I I just wrote a blurb that he might play uh on Wednesday. His his rib injury is healed, ready to come back, you know, probably going to immediately displace Michael Carter Williams as as the starting point guard. Is there any upside there? As a starter, he wasn't all that great, right? He he averaged 12 points, four boards, four assists, under a steal, and one and a half threes. Does, does anything jump out to you about his game rest of season? I, I don't think I'm eager to pick him up. I'm not.
4: Uh, and
1: for the reasons you just c- cited, I'm not. Go ahead, Steve.
4: Well, go ahead, man. I, uh What I was going to say is I, I have him on like two or three injured lists on, on, on the rosters. <laughs> And I only go in and screw around with my teams like two or three times a week because I just don't have – just whatever. And every time I see Cole Anthony taking up one of my injured spots, I just think to myself, why? Why (laughs) am I still holding on to Cole Anthony? It's been months. I've forgotten what he looked like. I've forgotten how bad he is (laughs) at playing basketball. and." I just, I just don't feel good about it. But now, now that Ryan has just uh, verbally told me what the blurb on Cole Anthony says, now I have to hang on. Right? I have to hang on and see what happens.
1: It's not good to be a poor man's Cole Anthony or a poor man's Teo Maladon. And I don't know who is which in that scenario. But I feel like <laughs> both of those guys have their their clear downside in the in the shaky shooting. Whoever is going to be the first to get some steals would be the guy that I want to roster. But what do you think Cole Anthony returning potentially means for R.J. Hampton? Because he has made a little noise for Orlando lately. Now, one of those games was a 46-point loss to Utah. But in that game, he had 12 points, 8 rebounds, a steal, and a block. And then he followed that up one night later with 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 threes in a loss to Denver. So... I'm actually most intrigued by Hampton. I, that's the guy I'd like to see get a chance, whether that's a point guard or shooting guard, kind of run with it, whether Cole Anthony's back or not. Thoughts? I don't think
5: Cole Anthony does too much to disrupt Hampton. Uh, you've also got potentially uh, another blurb I just had to write is that Gary Harris, might? Uh, he went through non-contact practice, won't be playing Wednesday, but could return in the near future. Now, why the Magic would play Gary Harris, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, But as I wrote, he's owed a fully guaranteed over $20 million next season. So maybe Orlando has some incentive to play him, get him going, try to build up any sort of trade value going into next year when he'll be an expiring contract. If so, that's going to be a direct blow to Hampton. Um, Either way, I'm not super eager to have Hampton on, on my rosters. He hasn't demonstrated a ton of explosive upside and his role's a little bit shaky keeping an eye on him but I'm you know if someone else picks him up before
1: me I'm not gonna lose sleep over it did you guys notice the stat line from Killian Hayes on Monday night I think I said on a recent podcast can we stop talking about Killian Hayes until there's reason to talk about Killian Hayes well in that blowout win over Oklahoma City nine points three rebounds seven assists four steals two blocks and a three in 25 minutes in his second game back He's a guy I've been staying away from in fantasy because his numbers were just horrendous before he got hurt. But that stat line got my attention.
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm very easily swayed. I'm very I'm very easily swayed. And as soon as Matt Stroup checks out on a guy like Killian Hayes, I, yeah, I'm like, oh, this, that just sticks in my mind. I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> Killian Hayes is, is done. I don't need to worry about him. And then yesterday he went off. I was like, oh, Matt Strapp was wrong. Well, this is fun. (laughs) I mean, let's see what happens.
1: He's just on my watch list. I wasn't scrambling to pick him up anywhere.
4: No, but I I think he's going to play for, I mean, we're talking about the Pistons. And and how about that win? I wonder what the plus minuses were in that thing. Because the Pistons destroyed the Thunder, who get destroyed by everybody now. Um, And the Pistons have like 18 wins. Uh, but they're they're not going anywhere, and Killian Hayes, they might as well play him. You know, Dwayne Casey was like he's he's coming along, he's gonna figure it out, and I think they really want to give him the rest of the season of, to try to figure things out. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of into it.
5: I, I am too. You know, obviously stamps out any appeal that Corey Joseph had. He was on kind of a hot stretch off the Pistons bench, but he's done. Forget about Saban Lee, even in deep leagues, and. Killian looks like his teammates and coaches both commented. He looks much more under control. He's a, he's a natural passer. He's good size at, at point. And he just looks like maybe getting hurt and watching the game for a while allowed things to slow down for him a little bit. So I'm on board. I mean, I, I do think that the other night was a bit of a fluke, but I'm willing to, to roster him and see where it goes. You got a, a young lottery pick on a very bad team. I'm I'm intrigued.
1: All right, fine. I'll go pick him up, guys. I'm gonna go see if he's available. I'll
4: trade you, I'll trade you Cole Anthony for Killian Hayes. Done, no thanks. It's past the trade deadline. It's past the trade deadline, and I don't know the league, but no, I don't want that. How about those smoking hot Dallas Mavericks, son? Let's go. Take out the jazz. All right. I've never been happier to live in Dallas. Why did Steve just randomly start talking
1: about the Mavericks? What what happened there? He never stops talking about the Mavericks. Was
5: there a segue?
4: No. That's how I sign off. You heard the alarm. Okay. Oh,
1: Once
5: I see. know
4: the alarm's gonna go off, I just start talking and <laughs> whatever is on my mind comes out, it's usually Luca related. Under, I gotta so. give
1: credit though, because a couple weeks ago when the alarm went off, you were like, No, 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 no. You were panicking. <laughs> and at least now you transition to just like making a <laughs> parting shot. So
4: now I That's just start know. talking as fast <laughs> as I can. All
1: like right. It. Steve, Ryan, thanks, guys. I'll uh, possibly the last time we'll do this because you know, I don't know if, what the lawyers are gonna say about it. Uh, we might be split up <laughs> into single five-minute sections uh, well, next week. So long as they don't get sued. If this is the end of this experiment, it's it's been great. Peace. Thanks, man.
0: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia-brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference.
1: Wanted to remind you that you can get access to our League Sync tool, our DFS tools, and our betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the code STU10 for 10% off any subscription. Again, that is STU10 for 10% off. Right now, we welcome in Jared Johnson, who a moment ago said to me offline, we're going to be talking about something emotional. (laughs) Jared, tell me what the story is here.
6: Matt, have you ever had a trade go down in your league that absolutely broke the league? <laughs>
1: <That's>... <laughs> I'm going to say uh, yes. It's, I have had some. I can remember some controversial trades. That, that, that brings, yes, specific yeah, memories so, to mind.
6: So I'm going to tell you a story. Story time. I'm going to go full Dr. A in this episode okay Uh, (laughs) i'll just give you periodic timer updates here Cool. okay cool okay so this is my main league we're talking about this is my home league i've been doing this league for close to 20 years now i i'm the commissioner of this league i love it it's fantastic the the competitive nature the rivalries friendships you build (laughs) through fantasy hoops over the years and um it's been going off mostly without a hitch you know some drama here and there but uh it's uh, so let's let's go into the time machine. Do we have a time machine noise? We're in the time machine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're in the okay. time machine. It's uh the Wednesday. It is the day before the trade deadline. Uh, I work Wednesday night shifts. I work the games. So I'm up pretty late that night. And the trade deadline in my actual fantasy league comes the day after the trade deadline. So, you know, I work my shift. It's a uh, it's a little bit late. I finished my shift. May have had glass of wine or so okay I'm looking at my team and this is a rota league and I'm just like you know this isn't working I'm in I'm in eighth but the gap to first isn't huge and uh I'm just like I don't think that I'm gonna win threes it's not close I'm down by like 200 or something it's just it's not happening I'm like I'm looking at my best players I'm like well my best players are Jimmy Butler Zion Williamson Joel Embiid and Christian Wood that kind of explains it a little bit right Sure. My best point guards don't really hit threes. So I'm just, I just start sending out trade offers. Just sending them out. And uh, one of the trade offers I sent out was Bogdan Bogdanovich, okay. Sadiq Bey, and DeAndre Hunter. And this is either like right before he's about to come back or he had come back for one game. And, and the offer was for Kevin Durant, my favorite player in the universe, who is still not back at this point. And um, anyway, that's what I sent out. Go to bed. Not really expecting much. Wake up, get the email. Trade has gone through in your league. Click on it. Oh my god, he accepted. I'm ecstatic. And uh, so now it's now we're in the trade deadline. I worked very late this night. Let's say I got I was up to like two in the morning. And uh the trade deadline it's it's in full swing. I wake up very early and I immediately start working. Immediately. Two-minute warning, by the way. And uh yeah at bling, you know, bling, my text bling, 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 my text just starts going off. Your text alerts sound like the time machine, by the way. (laughs) Uh, It it is unbelievable how furious these three people are. The league isn't really furious. It's these three people, but they are my friends. Uh, They're like the original holdovers from this league. And they demand a vote. And as you know... Uh, I don't have votes in my leagues. Right. Because we're adults. Yes. Like, I expect people to not collude. Right. I don't want to... I'm not approving a trade either. It's just... It happens, yeah. You do what you want.
1: That's how all my trades are too. Click. You click accept and it happens.
6: Yeah. So, um, they demand a vote. Okay, fine. I'll do the vote. But this is ridiculous. And it's just like, I don't have any time for this, by the way. Yeah, okay. And I also have no time for this story, apparently. But I'm going (laughs) through it and I'm just trying. Uh, the vote happens, it passes, and they're like, "Well, wait, did you vote?" I'm like, "Yes, of course I voted." And they're like, "Well, you shouldn't be able to vote." Another vote happens, it passes again. My lord! So then they respond with an. Uh, they respond with a, a rage trade of LeBron James, De'Aaron Fox, and Damian Lillard for Patty Mills, Andrew Wiggins, Bohan Bogdanovich, and Mattis Thibble. I immediately cancel that trade. Drama. Drama, more drama. And this guy, oh my God, I have no time for this story. uh, I lost faith in humanity with, with this. The people that are sending me this ire and just telling me terrible, terrible things, terrible insults, this guy is literally a psychologist. I'm like, how do you have time to be giving me this much ire? I work fantasy sports for my job. I don't have time for this. You are a literal psychologist. And just the amount of text I'm receiving is absurd. All right. Anyways, what they responded, they responded with a follow up rage trade of Damian Lillard from Miles Turner. I allowed it to go through, but pretty much I have lost a lot of faith in humanity with, with, uh, a lot of drama that I felt was very unnecessary in this league. Wow. And uh, fi- final shout out uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you would be interested in a very competitive 250, 12 team, nine category Roto League, uh, get out to me because I have some openings.
1: I didn't realize this whole thing was a, a long advertisement for openings in your league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So the, the fences have, the, the, these relationships have not been mended.
6: Is that where we are? They haven't, and it's really sad to me. You got to reach back out, and then you got to reach back out, Jared. I have, I have, but it's like the it's like a stone wall. It's insane. That's crazy. It's insane.
1: Well, I, I did not expect
6: this to end with just this. Uh... This whole thing's still smoldering, or whatever. <laughs> that's that's wild. Hope you can work this out. I have literally never experienced this in twenty years of fantasy hoops, being a commissioner. And these I've are just... the guys
1: who are your friends, or are these the people? Who... Yes. Oh yeah.
6: Psychologists. We got a psychologist this. and lawyer.
1: Bring them all on the pod. We'll do. I'll do a group therapy <laughs> session. I'm going to mend this. Let's let's bring them on. We'll do a we'll do a yeah. whole thing. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Jared, good luck with that. That This whole rage trade thing sounds pretty intense. It was quite absurd. <laughs> all right. That is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We will be back here on Friday to talk more fantasy trends as we head toward the weekend. Thanks to Raph, Ryan, Steve, and Jared for a story I definitely was not expecting. Thanks to all of you for listening. We
2: will talk to you soon. See you, Jared. Adios.